Busa. Hello and welcome to the Iron Hat Podcast. I'm DevOps Dan. I'm Turnery Tim. Hello, Dan. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It's been an emotional day so far, but uh, I've, I've pulled myself together. Why has it been so emotional for you? I have just finished my final hack show as a teaching assistant. Ah, so a, a better way to phrase that would be your final set of students have just finished their journey. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. That's why we're a team, you see. Well, yes. I mean, you are a te- you're a, a service providing a service to them, obviously. Yeah. It's yeah. Not, you're not the main character in this movie. But I'm the main character in my movie, and that's why I'm emotional. Well, this is the Iron Hack movie. <laughs> and There's no I in Iron Hack. <laughs> there literally starts with it. Big capital, in fact. Um, how was it? How were the students? How are the students? Are they uh, are they excited to be out in the world now? Yeah, I think it's um, it was a bit of a nuts one because obviously middle of the course we switched from in person to um, uh, remote learning, and um, I think it was testament to how good the students' projects were that they all t- turned out as well as they did. Um, because I think I really do think personally it would have been much. I think it'd been almost too difficult for me to do it remote, and I think it's uh, it's amazing how well the students adapted and how good their final projects were must have been very hard doing it remote yeah i think i mean i i feel like we've certainly touched on this in the past but the real difficulty i think is the um the screen time you just spend so much more time looking at the screen and it's really exhausting yeah i remember like a big advantage and um, i think we spoke about it in an earlier episode um uh, about how just sitting down next to people and talking to them or even watching people code is super valuable so um oh that's a shame but they finished now which which is great yeah and testament to them because their final projects were really great awesome well um now so now you're finished being a ta you're out here in the in the cold reality of of the world with me yeah i'm in in the cold wet environment of wales and the cold wet environment of reality yeah (laughs) well um well yeah welcome to the show you're late i've almost finished this mvp Oh yeah, I know. This is um, you've made really, really big progress. I hear. Yeah, I've been uh, learning even a lot about WordPress. So you know, recruiters come at me, WordPress master now. But um, I've definitely put to bed that question as to you know, pre-built uh, systems versus coding your own WordPress versus JavaScript. I guess in this case. Um, you, you, you've come down hard on the WordPress side of the fence, have you? No, there's absolutely no question that you need. You, you should always code your own everything. The plugins are very powerful, but they've been so limiting for us. And so, um, so many things that we can just do as we want with coding that we obviously can't do. So uh, a brief example would be we're trying to display users' content, um, but there's like tiers of their content. So let's say there's like, let's just say a playlist you see all the playlists and then inside the playlist, there's all the individual videos. So this is a, like a call within a call. Um, so we found, we you know, after lots of looking around, found a, you know, a plugin which allows us to show the back end, the database entries on the front end from the user point of view. Um, but then obviously you've got roles, the user rights and, and all of this nonsense and something we could have just done easily with GraphQL. Yeah. So, so at least, at least, at least our future jobs are, uh, for now at least, make a bit more sense. Oh, well, actually, a colleague from my uh, cohort, who Esther, um, ha- I've been in contact with her, remember Esther? 
Yeah, I do. Lovely, lovely student. Um, me and her spent a lot of time practicing together during the process. She has just got an internship at a company. Guess what it does? Builds WordPress prototypes? No, actually, I don't know why I asked you to guess. There's no way you were going to go. Oh. Um, you can code directly into the browser. No configuration. Ah, a little bit like Code Wars. A little bit, yeah, but it's just like, I mean, I don't know how the interface looks right now. Um, just what's, what's the com- can, you, can you name the company? No, I honestly don't know. I just know that sentence and then this sentence uh, explaining it. So Because I, I was um, I was talking to a, a company that did something similar called CodeSphere. They, they did something similar to that. Yeah, well, speaking, speaking of um, old students. Oh, speaking of old students, we do have another student of Ironhack in our midst today. Rachel, are you there? Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> Good, thanks. How are you? Good. Lovely to be with you, Tim and Dan. Thank it's you. Lovely, lovely to, to be with you. Rachel. So you were on Tim's first uh, cohort when he his first TA I experience. Oh so, yeah. yes, I began in June, ended in August. Wild ride, lots of fun. <laughs> That's the that means that. So you were one of his students on his first one, and I was on his second one. So um. I guess he didn't learn much in yours because he was rubbish when he was teaching when I first arrived. <laughs> Great. Thanks, guys. All right, All right no, no, end of another episode. You too. <laughs> no, Tim was great. I really enjoyed it. See you next week. <laughs> that, really, right. that really freaked me out then. I was, I was like, <laughs> like the doorbell going, wasn't it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've played that uh, that riff so many times now. I call it a riff. It's it a a <laughs> well, I've been um, well, I've been spitballing some uh, names for my kalimba band, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Thinking of something like really, you know, something you see on a on a festival lineup, and you're like, oh, I've got to see that band. What, what would you What would you go for? Dogs with overly human faces. Dogs with what? Overly human faces. Overly human. Google that sentence. Dogs with overly human faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Incredible rabbit hole to get to get. Yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> well, on the subject of music, um, this they, they, that's actually the theme of today's show. If you guys didn't uh, know it already, can you believe it? Well, it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence to say the least. And um, the reason that uh, Rachel is our special guest today, or as we've decided in ep- previous episodes, purely a guest, um, is that. Uh, Rachel, you you are a magi- um, magician. A musician, are you not? Magician, yeah. <laughs> Whenever I code, I feel like it's magic. <laughs> um, and my background uh, before I went to Iron Hack was um, primarily in the arts. I was working um, in post production and media design. But when I moved to Berlin, I began to make more music. It's just like a really musical city, so it's really easy to make that kind of thing happen. And I always had an interest in generative art. And so Iron Hack was a good way for me to kind of learn about the basics and just sort of dip my toe in to figure out what is possible with making music and coding. Um, yeah. It's been- when, you say ge- when you say generative, what did you mean by that? Um, so generative art can be anything that is not 100% um, formed by the artist. So it's partly informed by systems or by the computer. It can, oh. it can be like a set of code that sets off an event at a random sequence 
or a system of data that reproduces um, an image or a sound through training sets um, or like a set of parameters that creates a different effect every time. Nice. So in, in more regular terms or more uh, terms that a, a listener might understand more than uh, in, the, in the realm of web development um, or uh, coding, would it be something like a synthesizer that you can program with to do something when you play it or? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, there's like different types of programs that I'm using um, and different ways that they work. But I guess that the most simple way to put it would be if you, I don't know, um, drop a bit of paint on a board, it sort of generates a random pattern and that pattern will be different every time. So ah, okay. the generative part would be the pattern of dripping. Got it. I've seen something quite interesting here where they take like um, cling film or, I mean, what do you call cling film globally? So everyone Saran wrap. Saran wrap. Saran take some saran wrap and you put it over it sounds like a genre doesn't it Shara- sounds like sounds like saran that could be your kalim- could be your kalimba band Can you- saran wraps yeah that'd be a good one yeah. Saran yeah. thinking more like glam 80s rock saran yeah yeah okay i can add that to the note dogs with only human faces two saran wrap right <laughs> okay listen um well they did take saran wrap right put it over the top of a speaker and then put just like putty or not putty something more like visceral like uh like paint on it and then like play something with loads of bass. And I think the word you're looking for here is non-Newtonian fluid. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. I was trying not to, um, you know, intimidate our, our listeners. <laughs> I see, I see that's a bar you're willing to duck under. No, 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 no. We go, we go, we're taking that bar and we're going way over it. <laughs> um, but so can you tell me exactly what it is you do then, Rachel, if you're, if you're, I know that you're generating music with coding, but that's literally all I know. So, as detailed as you can be, please. Okay. Um, my journey started a little bit after Iron Hack, and I saw an advertisement for a live coding session. At- no, not, not that detailed, just, uh, just you know. The- <laughs> well, <I'm- laughs> born in a faraway place in a very small hospital room. Our journey begins in ancient Greece. <laughs> so there's a thing called live coding, and this was sort of my first foray into musical coding. I started with a program called Sonic Pi, um, which was created by Sam Aarons. And it's like um, a branch of Algorave, which is like music which is created by coding. And the thing that I found really interesting or easy about it is that there's all of these elements of JavaScript in it, actually. You can create... You can create arrays, um, you use booleans to trigger um, samples, um, everything has like a sequence and a role. There's a lot which is really similar, so it was not so hard for me to make the jump into that. And then from this, I've been working with um, AIs or uh, generative adversarial network scans um, and so I'm, I'm not like programming my own yet. I would really love to do that. That would be super cool. But that's next step. There's one program in particular that I've been using. It's called Jukebox AI and it's um, from OpenAI and you can use it on a Google Colab. So there's like minimal coding required, um, but it helps if you have a bit of knowledge of like uh, Python or C++. Uh, I was going to bring, I was actually going to bring up that very thing. I was going to talk about it later. So that's awesome that you've been using that. 
Yeah, I love it. It's super cool. Um, yeah, I just found it on YouTube. Like, I, there was like some sample of like a Cardi B WAP, uh, if it was made by an AI. I just thought like that was hilarious. The album. Yeah, and <laughs> I like that. It's um, there's there's a there's a there's a SoundCloud uh, channel actually or SoundCloud account which has been made by the the people that obviously put together the um, the AI and they've posted some of the the best songs that it's created so that it can they can give it things as like um, soft classics in the style of Frank Sinatra. Ah, uh, yeah, I, it, I literally see the yeah. list in front of me now. I see what, yeah, blues rock yeah. in the style of yeah. Um, uh, but the the Frank Sinatra one is is my favorite because it's okay. it does the vocals as well. It's amazing. Classic. But they're not. Yeah, they they don't they don't know they it can't do words, so it's like hot tub, very nice hot tub, like all this sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, that's funny you say that because I have it open right. If anyone who's listening, go to openai.com um, and get to the blog and then jukebox and halfway down this halfway down the page, there's a list. It's uh, pop in the style of Katy Perry, rock in the style of Elvis Presley. I like the heavy metal in the style of Rage. I think it's against the machine, right? Yeah, and I guess that it means very much against the rage against the machine for their music to be copied by a corporation's yeah. algorithm. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely awesome. Though I really am super into this immediately. I come up with like some really random, crazy things from this as well. I think one time I tried to generate pop in the style of Tool, or maybe Ooh. it was also Rage Against the Machine, and it literally it sounded like my computer was screaming at me. I got spooked out like. <laughs> <laughs> like just like some guttural moaning i think sometimes the stuff it comes out with isn't like a hundred percent like music but it's totally interesting and like the i don't know the output and what actually happens in there i mean i can see okay things like katie perry i can get i can see how they can you know maybe anything that's in this like famous four chord stuff but trying to recreate tool or maybe aphex twin or some like pink floyd stuff you know with these very specific um time signatures i think that would be I think also it's like kind of a limited um, training set that they use. Like I think they have um, created like a list or a database of musicians that they listen to, the open AI people. And so I think that the music is based off of that. You can also input a 30 second clip to give the computer an idea of what to create or what to expect. And then it can work with that kind of as a data set as well. All right, let's put the podcast jingle in there. Oh, yeah. Nice. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> right. Let's see what happens. Be me and three AIs on stage. Yeah. yeah. Genre Christmas okay. covers. And I'll live podcast it the whole way through to the, to the audience. Saran wrap with an overly human face. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you saw that on the headline, on, like a, on a festival lineup, you wouldn't be like, I'm just going to yeah, pop my head in, see what's going on. It's funny that you mentioned um, uh, Aphex Twin in that mix of uh, musicians that you mentioned earlier on, because I know that he actually collaborated with a synthesizer manufacturer to create a keyboard that would allow people to, to um, use the microtonal um, scales that he uses in his music, because he doesn't use full incremental, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G yeah. um, kind of stages in his music. He, um, you know, that's how he gets that fairly Aphex Twin specific mm-hmm. sound. Um, and he kind of used these, uh, he worked with Korg, I think, to build a keyboard that would allow people to play a lot more fluid in a smaller range. But I guess this is a step further where it's not just like, let me help you sound a bit like me. Mm. It's like, here's my music. Here's some other stuff. Stick it all together. 
this is what comes out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I'm trying to reach a level with my kalimba where I have to work with well-known manufacturers to generate programs to help people be as good as I am on the kalimba. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> so, but Rachel, before you um, before you used code to uh, and, and AIs to make music, you were also you performed under the name Lamb, Lamb Kebab. Is that right? That's my name, Lamb Kebab. <laughs> I thought lamb kebab on our notes here, um, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we have on some notes, uh, <laughs> Rachel, a.k.a. lamb kebab. And I thought this was an in-joke betwixt you two um, from your cohort, but you performed as a live artist under the name lamb kebab. Yep, that's right. <laughs> awesome. I've got a lot of time for that, actually. That's on the, that's on the festival names as well, I think. Lamb kebab. I think that's just on the, you know, the food store, the food truck. Yeah, exactly. I'm just vending. I'm not performing live, guys. Well, if I search <laughs> lamb kebab, I'm going to find it difficult to find you. But um, you get butchers near you. Just yeah. Speaking of search history, what instruments? <laughs> what instruments did you play before you uh, picked up the laptop? Hmm. I've just like always been strictly strip strip strictly. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a super at heart. I've been a strictly laptop girl. Um, okay. I, I uh, my, this is my hardware of choice. I also used to use um, Pure Data a bit before, um, but started getting more into that during the boot camp. Um, okay. It's also like working um, with different artists um, who are doing like different types of projects. Um, one of the people who I'm speaking to right now is doing like a really interesting, it's called post-organic bowel plan. They're from Leipzig. They're doing, um, some kind of extensions of the body through performance and they're using robotics, cool. but also pure data. Um, and so like, it's sort of like, um, a collaboration of prosthetic limbs, which are programmed using Arduino boards and the language can be C++ or Arduino. Um, and they're also using pure data as like a language or a program for generative music as well. And awesome. pure data is also something that DMX crew has made patches with. I think that's also open source. You can check that out. It's so crazy how, um, how large the world opens up. Um, so your, your entry point is, is a school like Ironhack, obviously, which gets you yeah. get where well, your entry point, I guess is, is, original tutorials and then eventually you go to yeah, you something like iron hack and then um then afterwards the it's not just i'm going to be a software engineer i'm going to be a ux ui um uh, designer or i'm going to be a data analyst or now a cybersecurity specialist now it's this crazy uh, anything's possible now right i mean with you're just yeah. talking now about um fake limbs programmed perform musically was that did i hear that right no they're not pro- <laughs> they're not yes. <laughs> that's a pandora's box of great tv yeah yeah the the um, prosthetics are using sensors which are laid on the body um and the sensors are programmed using an arduino board and using motors with that so that's a bit more in the robotics direction um but pure data is the program that they use for um uh, sound generation but that's also like it's a really good jumping off point i recommend it for anyone who's interested in like generative art to check this out because it's a it's a visual programming language which means you don't have to know 
how um, to set up code. You just kind of have like a basic system of objects, nodes, and triggers. And then once again, if you have a little bit of JavaScript knowledge, there's also arrays and you can use Booleans to like trigger a metronome, for example, or to set off a sequence of events. So it's a really interesting way to get into the website for it, by the way. It was developed by Miller Pocket and the website is hilarious. Check it out. It's like just, I don't know, painfully minimal. I just don't get it. What am I looking for? Miller Pocket. Yeah, Miller Pocket. P-U-C-K-E-T-T-E. Miller Pocket. (laughs) Booleans. I think I showed it to you and Jan at some point during the. Um, yeah, I remember looking at some music, uh, some YouTube um, uh, videos with you on the course, and that was really interesting. Yeah, because I, I, my, my, um, I make a lot of music, and and I like mm-hmm. synthesized music with like loops and arpeggios in it, and I think uh-huh. that's the thing that um, uh, uh, like code would help so much with this kind of like generative um, arpeggios and and scales and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm I really want to delve into that for sure. It is also so mathematical. You can really like set it up in the same way, like an arpeggio to the 16th. It can be so easily written as like a line of code. It's just, it's all math. Um, mm, yeah. I was doing my first, um, uh, my first uh, algorave a couple of weeks ago through um, the top lap people in Berlin. Um, and it was actually hosted in the Netherlands, but anyways, like I was uh, speaking to this, um, woman, Alexandra, who kind of gave me my intro into coding music and I was trying to synchronize, um, a synthesizer line I had written with, um, some snares and I'm like, I don't know, is there like an internal clock? How does it work? And she's like, it's all math. Like, it's just like, <laughs> of course, it's all, like on time. It's always a, a system or a sequence of, Yeah. It's always been math. Music has always been math all the way down, right? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I hated math, and that's why I did art, but... Oh, I remember learning the circle of fifth and being like, oh, oh, it's just this. It's just, it's way simpler than it needs to be, and I can just copy-paste this piece of logic to any key, and now I can play anything. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, okay, well, actually, I'm very interested in the future of music um, with tech, but um, not everybody is, Tim. No, no, they're not. Grimes. Um, are, are you saying it? Are you saying it like me? No, no I'm not. Saying... <laughs> not, every, not everybody is. No, no, no. Me. I was just directing. I was directing, a... <laughs> I was directing a conversation in your direction um, because I, I assumed you would pick it up, but obviously that's just no, no, no. Something I, I, that, <laughs> as professional podcasters are aware of. <laughs> no, I just thought you were throwing some shade over me. Right. That's all. But Let's anyway, out, um, really? not everyone's happy about AI. No, you're right, Dan. In fact, um, one uh, music maker, <laughs> a.k.a. Grimes, certainly isn't. Wife of um, billionaire Tony Stark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we even going to bring that up now? <laughs> no, no, she, she's, she's vocalised her concern that AI will make music obsolete or musicians obsolete, um, yeah. which is obviously incredibly fitting to this, this trail that we're on. But, yeah. um, I mean... Would it? I, f- I feel know. like I, I feel like at the moment it feels like it might because everybody's kind of forgotten how visceral live performances are, and it, mm-hmm. people making music in front of you is um, that's kind of the part that we're missing I, at the moment with the whole I, I, couldn't, I could I think I can disagree a hundred percent on that. Isn't it that everyone absent makes the heart grow fonder? So if anything, live whenever this touch wood does come to an end and restrictions are eased safely. 
um, people are going to be more into live music than they've been in decades, yeah. aren't they? No, you, yeah, I know, yeah, you, you're yeah. probably right, actually. I, I, think, I think maybe it's just a... rooms are over. Yeah, I'm just, just desperate to get out of my bedroom, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, what, but what you're saying, Rachel, is that it's made you more more interested in making music, actually, being able to have the access to these API, I mean, this, um, these AIs and APIs to make it. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, well... It's number one. It's definitely give, Corona's definitely given me the time to focus on my business and make it happen, you know. But at the same time, I miss performing live so much. Like live is my bread and butter. Like that's that's my jam. Like I love it, and I think that is definitely something which is like massively missing is the energy when you go into a room and you can feel like the actual bass um, from the and like the synthesizers you know like the, the, most people are living in their bedrooms right now with some really shitty speaker or listening to music off their laptops which is cool it's interesting you can really get into something and making your own thing happen but I think the live component is something that could never be replaced by a machine I mean I love holograms I love the idea of that but also you know I think that I, I, I don't think AIs will replace no, no, yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any question. I, I think, I think. So this is the so so um, so Grimes's argument that it'll be like a it'll become human performance will be like a boutiquey thing. That's her quote, right. um, like organic vegetables where human music is heard and people will be like, oh, it's made by a woman, not a robot. Right, but if, if the AI music is so good that we get to that level, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's still, it's still learning. Like these are like um, I don't know. Uh, training it's it's training data so it's something that's still getting better but at the same time nah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know what you mean um apparently people used to think about that about cars when they first realized that cars were very very pollution um pollutiony that's not right is it um Um, bad for the planet pollutants pollutants yeah they they thought that the process between you know when you see a horse someone riding a horse you're like oh that's very quaint someone's riding a horse around it's not a mode of transport it's a hobby mm-hmm. and they thought that um uh they thought that um uh, that would happen a lot faster with cars they thought that now it'd be like oh look someone's driving a car how quaint this that their hobby driving it's a it's like a little boutique thing you know i'm driving my car for a for a, dri- a weekend drive um because they thought people, we would get out of this whole you know problem with cars much faster than we actually have and i, I so i kind of see the whole process but yeah i, I don't think in any short amount of time that's going to happen. I don't think in our lifetime it's a problem we need to worry about. No, no. Speaking of, Rachel, you're in Berlin, aren't you? Yes, I am. Right, well, I have this kalimba band. We're looking for members. (laughs) (laughs) I need a vocalist. A coda would be be great. I think Tim's actually thinking about joining my current project as a percussionist through it. Yeah, some kind of synthesizer percussionist. I think I'd like to do that. That'd be a nice spot, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, that's that was that's Grimes's take on it. I thought that um, she's quite she's quite outspoken about it. But then again, she's been outspoken about it and said that she thinks it's um, it's it's bad in the terms of it's going to take over music. But then she has actually made a AI based lullaby um, hypocrite song. Yeah, she's a <laughs> it's the song's called Hip- "Go to Sleep Hypocrite." No, no, it's not like that. Um, where she's basically, I think this is actually quite cool. Where she's um, she's realised that. Um, music for young children is terrible and un- very uncreative, and she's kind of put her mind to it. And she's she's also 
She's also used like weather algorithms and time of day to then basically generate lullabies for babies, which I think is quite cool. My eyes couldn't roll any harder than really. She's realized that music for children is terrible. (laughs) She's made an AI based song that uses weather patterns and the time of day to create sound for children, right? You know exactly what she's using to make this, or is she? Um, no, no, no idea, actually. It's not the open AI jukebox, is it? It could it could be, because Elon Musk actually invested in that, so it's probably just some kind of circle joke between them two. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, it might be absolutely fantastic. And that being said, I just didn't like Grimes for, for absolutely no reason. I just decided I didn't like her, and then I watched an interview with her, and I really thought she was very present and intelligent and knew what she was talking about but for some reason creates a public persona in which she isn't that i'm not sure how i got this impression that i didn't like her and as soon as i dived into her at all i was like ah it's very much the same as my experience with post malone kept seeing him everywhere and it just irritated me because of the because of the white ivory video and he's like sitting on top of a rolls royce in the desert and i thought ah just don't like this guy but i like the song then i realized how incredibly talented he is as a musician and how he is not you know on a single genre and you know, i don't know how i got in a post malone rant yeah that's all right <laughs> i think it's interesting how you're able to like integrate um uh post malone <laughs> no, i'm joking how um grimes is able to <laughs> integrate um ai into her own creative process like i think that is uh, something totally like relevant and rather than complain about impending doom why not collaborate with like a system which is changing? If you're married to Elon Musk and you don't integrate AI into your music, you missed yeah. it. <laughs> or, or, or you're trying to make music in space or something like that. Like being married to Han Solo and never going on the Millennium Falcon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And talking of, um, so talking of inventions and musical inventions and inventors, I thought I'd do like a short quiz for you both. Oh, God. Um, because there was, there's a, so AI obviously is a big talking point in music at the moment and how people are making it. And it seems to be the new creative tool that may change the face of music. Um, Rolling Stone recently put together a list of top 25 musical inventions of right. the last 200 years. Kalimba. Uh, that, yeah. And that's actually not on the list. No, it's got to be. Um, it's number, yeah, it's way down the list. I think it might be number 5,000. Um, so yeah, do do you want to have a guess of an invention that might have changed the face of music in the last 200 years? Yeah, for sure. Rachel or Dan? Rachel, you've got to be in it. You've got to be. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Are you in? There's no, there's no prize, but. Well, you have to, otherwise the podcast can't happen. So it's <laughs> like, yeah. it's like Frodo being like, nah, don't like jewelry. So a, <laughs> <laughs> a single invention, which has changed forever hmm. i would i don't know i would say something computer-based or um yeah, yeah. Something, something modular are you gonna ask us questions like or are we just guessing are we just free well, no i was gonna, on the on the on the uh on the computer level obviously that's much more recent that they have pro tools that was the pro tools was the first you guessed it Oh god, this is well, falling apart. I, I want to, I want to join in as well, even though I've got the answers. Pro Tools, yes, well done. I guess <laughs> <laughs> Ableton now. Yeah, so no, it's so, and this is, I didn't actually realise this until I looked at this uh, article. The Pro Tools was the first ever um, digital uh, audio um, software interface that you could use. I thought um, Fruit Loops was. Uh, maybe, maybe it was just that that. Pro Tools was the one that people actually adopted from a higher level mm. for like music making at like a, a senior level. And then I think famously that followed, that was followed by GarageBand, wasn't it? And um, yeah. 
Justice, the band Justice made their entire first album on GarageBand, which is nuts because it sounds a lot more professional than I would imagine GarageBand could get it to. Um, so yeah, so yeah. I think it's also like totally fascinating. This kind of point in time changes how we produce music. So instead of it being like really expensive thing that only a few people, technicians who are very highly trained know how to do, now it's on your computer and it's something accessible that everything everyone can do. Yeah. yeah, it's everyone just to to be to read the room. Everyone's pro tools here, right? You guys aren't like against <sighs> this progression. Yeah, okay. my favorite tool is a spade. I think I'm just I'm totally for this accessibility for everyone. More people making music, the better. I don't think that. Are, we... you, are you making a pro tools like? No, 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 not pro tools. A joke. A program. I'm literally saying like <laughs> that this, nowadays it's accessible to everyone, and usually when you have a topic like this, there's two sides to the argument. It's like, oh well. You know, everyone can do it now, and people. Some people are like, "Well, that's not good. It needs to be for some reason elitist." For no. you know, well, I think I think I mean it was a very um, I don't know poetically put by Daft Punk, wasn't it? They spent their entire career making stuff on laptops, and then they went into the studio to make random access memories. And I don't know, I, I don't know. I think it was a. I'd, I'd go on a limb and say it was a bit of a flop compared to the rest of their stuff. Um, are we guessing these uh, top twenty-five inventions? Oh yeah, go for it. Yeah, drop, guess guess, one, guess or... more. Right. You, well, you can the, guess the, one of 25. My first guess is going to be the seaboard. Oh, I love that. No, 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 no. Didn't hasn't changed the face of music. I'll be honest. I, I knew it wasn't in there. I just wanted to point out this very Bring it up. niche instrument. Yeah. Very, very beautiful instrument. Very sexy instrument. Love it. Um, okay, next one. Um, Rachel. I yeah. would say, I don't know. I'm thinking more um, abstractly. So I would say something like auto-tune. <laughs> Yes, auto-tune is on the list. Oh, yeah, a good one. I heard a yeah. really good podcast about the invention of auto-tune and how like Cher was the first person to like really popularize it. Do you believe in love? Awesome. Um, all right, so it's one now. It's me. We're going to do best of three, I guess, right? Invented in 1997. Yeah, let's do another one. Um, all right, so uh, um, inventions for music, the synthesizer. Um, on the, I'm going to stop you here. If, that, if you say no, the synthesizer is not a musical technological invention of the last 200 years. No, no, no. It's, a, it's definitely an invention, but it has it changed the face of music. Absolutely, and yes. This, the, this list would say that the sampler, yes, and the vocoder, okay. yes. No, all right, I disagree, disagree, disagree. But but you but don't agree, disagree with me. Disagree with the listen, the, the List, readers of the magazine. Speaking, the listeners out there are. I can literally hear them collectively gasping at the synthesizer not making it on the list of the twenty five. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have guessed synthesizer. Right. I, I tell you what, I'll give you some. I'll give you some. I'll, I'll walk you through some. The oldest one on the no, list. No, right, we got best of three. It's Rachel's turn next. We, and then oh, oh okay. Two, that's it. I'm, I'm okay. just keen. I'm keen to be, read this amount. All right. Yeah. Apparently, all instruments, guitars don't count, Rachel. Can't, can't <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I guess the synthesizer. I would say last 200 years, most interesting. I mean, like one of the more interesting instruments to come out in the last 200 years, I guess, would be theremin. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's an, I think that would be on the interesting list, but yeah, it's that, not on the. How is there even twenty five things left on the planet, Tim? If we the, what? If you, when I read these lists, this list out, you're both going to be shaking your heads. Real and, chaos pad, chaos pad, chaos yeah, pad. pad. <laughs> no, no. What? All right. Okay. 
You're, you're thinking way too outside the box. We're, think- okay. no, we're thinking like human music, musical human. Drum or okay, I'm gonna get okay. I'm gonna give you a clue. What? 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 How would you? Eurovision song about- contest. Okay, that is number one on the list. That's the end of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the thing things were like um, we're talking headphones, speakers, record players, okay, okay. Like MP3 vinyl players, player, vinyl player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vinyl player. Yeah. Right, 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 okay. That's no. Yeah. I mean, okay. Vinyl players, MP3s, but what? M- m- uh, Microsoft Music. What was it called? Uh, media player. Sorry, Microsoft Media Player with a visualizer. Yeah, I guess that comes into the bracket of MP3, doesn't it? Because you need an MP3 to. Are you? You're uh, to remember that, right? I had like 38 days of music on my media player. So oh yeah, when it has, and it said the whole yeah. yeah. Did Did you uh, Did you ever have a mini disc player? No, that was just before no. me. Yeah, me too. I think they I think they'll have a renaissance at some point, like cassettes have. I remember my first MP3 player, plugging it in and putting ACDC on it. And I remember that experience very vividly because before that I had one of those CD, you know, those CD, um, CD player that didn't, it didn't skip when you bumped it. It was like bump, pro. I had hybrid, theory, hybrid theory by Linkin Park, that and uh, nice. the Limp Bizkit album, right? Oh, what a time. The new metal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is 2004, I think. So, you know, 2003 maybe. So it was the time, time it to be there. Time. Yeah, I've got a cassette just for like novelty purposes and then I have like a collection of like vintage cassettes that I've never listened to because my cassette player is broken but one day <laughs> don't worry about it They're probably not on the list of 25 inventions anyway no uh, vintage cassettes actually are yeah what okay you're just no, they're not amazing. they're not <laughs> did I say Rolling Stone magazine I meant to say notes on my laptop oh so yeah I don't I don't make rules I just think them up and write them down of all things on this list are not real things on this list tech news it's time for tech news I'm excited that was a good good segue yeah right time and time again Tim I pull off these fantastic segues and you keep pointing out that they're good segues I want you to feel like hyped up that you know someone's got your back right but then that you know my ego's getting bigger I'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) any we have to start find some time to reply to all my fan fan mails for my segues. Um, listen, no, I'm too excited to, to go off on that tangent. GitHub has a dark theme. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Huge. And it looks so sexy. Flat. I'm changing right Last now. week. Yeah. Go right, right now. Go to, go to it. Click. And I want to live, live, hear your reaction live. Where is it? It's on GitHub. Yeah. Felt like that. Uh, I, I guess it's right at the top. There. I think there's even a trigger. Um, so I hope if anyone's listening out there right now, you didn't already know somehow you didn't know this. Um, you're rushing to GitHub and you're going to click it and you're going to be like, oh, it's just everything's better now. Mm-hmm. Life. GitHub as well is a notoriously extremely bright website. Yeah, and everything is. on there is white. Yeah, yeah. Nobody codes in the daytime. No way. No way. I've ne- I've, I personally have never coded when the sun's been up. <laughs> I'm outside frolicking. Oh, that's sexy. That's right? Much better. Yeah. Yeah. And now look at look at your um. You know you get your repository um calendar. You know, like the list of all the yeah. or whatever it is, all the months, and it's like this horizontal. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so pretty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love okay. it. So for that's you sick. UX and data students out there, who I maybe absolutely 
offending right now by assuming you don't use GitHub. If any any of the students, past, present, or future for Iron Hack who doesn't use GitHub, it gives you um, it's a place where it's social media for coding. It's always been white. It's always been ugly, and now there is a very sexy dark, like dark navy and green theme going on. Like, I think you probably. I think you might have actually. Um, gained more hatred for calling it a social media a social media platform for yeah web I, was, I was wondering about that what's the best way to describe it it's a place where you upload all your code and you version, can con- version control you can follow yeah, other people who you're not working with why can you yeah. do that it's a version control platform it's, mm, okay fine. go with that sorry sorry about that listeners it's okay we'll go with it yeah <laughs> hate, hate mail is coming in for that last segment about the 25 yeah. musical not having <laughs> All right. What else is going on in tech news? Because the GitHub dark theme, I think, it was the star of the show. Yeah, the GitHub dark theme is good. Uh, there's um, on the musical tangent kind of level. Uh, there's um, somebody's coined the phrase "earable computing," which is wearable, but without the W at the start. So it's earable, earable computing. I don't get it. I don't get wearable is- as a as the as the caveat to that. Wearable tech is like wearing a wearing smartwatch. Right. Get it. Okay, so earable is like having smart uh, headsets in your ear that will be able to guide you a little bit more than um, just basic headphones do. Interesting. Did you know the artist Stellark, he did like an ear implant in his arm and then like as like a post-human body bio-experiment and then as a second um, part of his art project he put a microphone into the ear and set it up somewhere else um, on the internet so you can hear everything that his arm arm ear hears <laughs> whoa 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 okay we're gonna have to go back a few steps there because <laughs> so he grew did he grow an arm on his oh, sorry he grew an ear on his arm he developed some kind of scaffolding which he inserted under the skin and oh was God. vacuum sealed so oh that God. it developed its own um blood vein system so it developed like an ear and <laughs> then <laughs> on his second wow. surgery he put a microphone in that ear and connected it somewhere else on the internet so that other people can hear what his arm ear hears <laughs> shut the front door look up Stellark ear okay wow Stellark ear i'm gonna have a very that's, strange... that's to be honest that's blown my new story out of the water <laughs> Stellark like, ear okay Cyborg. oh my god that's awful it looks like a pretzel that's a good, I guess a good, another good live reaction there. That's one of the weirdest things I've seen in a long time. I actually don't want to explore any further. <laughs> That's really grim. Okay. So he has, yeah, he has. I mean, there is a lot of academic um, value to this. I can see it. But he also looks like, uh, I'm not going to publicly slander someone on a, on a <laughs> but he just also has the face. <laughs> Screams like dangerous person, and now okay. he has an ear on his forearm, which he is posing in a very strange manner. One of them, like he's holding his mouth up close to it, so it's a profile side view picture. And I just wonder what he was going for with that, like like he's gonna lick it or something. What is going wow. on his forearm, ladies and gentlemen, um, just above his elbow. So if you you know if you hold your fist out in front of you, palm facing you, it's sort of about you know two thirds of the way down. And there is an actual ear inside under the skin. It's just, that's grim. Everything about it. There's lots of, too much skin involved. He's topless in one of the pictures. He's also quite old. Okay. <laughs> I think it's probably, I think it's probably now. Uh, yeah. 
Well, um, thanks for the story. The- Sorry for the reaction. Right. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, this this earable tech is basically where you'll have um, an upgraded version of it. <laughs> you can never hear the word ear again. Ear, I never heard it before. Not earable computing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's like coin the phrase, isn't it? It's like a gimmick. Um, but basically, the the the, the kind of um, the use that they list in this story is quite interesting. Where you'd be able to have like a three D voice in your ear that would say, like, if you say, for example, you're in a shopping mall, be like. You want to find out where, I don't know, Stop Boots is? A couple of things. Follow me. A couple, couple of things. Boots, very nation-specific. I'm pretty sure Rachel. Oh, yeah. Is, right? <laughs> I know where right. Boots is. I lived in London. Okay. All right. Well, never mind then. Everyone else knows. <laughs> Not everyone else on the podcast, though. Um, it, whatever. Shop nuts. Second thing, 3D voice? What's going on with that? Like uh, binaural, I guess, is the is another way of putting it. So you hear very specifically in a 360-degree uh, position around your body where the sound's coming from right so they they're there they make the voice appear like it's behind you sometimes yeah yeah it's like if you go for i don't know the i don't know i think a, a good example of it would be like uh in the cinema you know when you sit in the cinema and it's like thx surround sound and you hear like an explosion from the back no i mean I understand, the, I understand the concept i just wonder like uh, what what need they have for like hey there's a shot behind you and then over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, now, and now it's over here. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I also thought earlier on there was, you know, prosthetic limbs that could be programmed musically, which I can't stop thinking about ever since I said it. I don't know. I think, I think, I think you've sort of gone for a more of a kind of like a, a bit more of an abstract thought process on this. It's just like to help people get to shops and stuff. Like they could follow the, where the voice is coming from more than they could just follow directions. That sounds super great. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't understand why you need it to be like, you know, THQ kind of sound, mwam kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I was doing that. It, that was the sound, of like the you know, Dolby or like a headphones. I didn't quite understand that. I think it's a, uh, yeah, it's like obviously, yeah, some kind of, it says earphone. So yeah, you get know. grafted into your forearm. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. speaking of shops, though, speaking of shops, speaking of shops, um, Christmas gifts. Chris, almost uh, Christmas. It's coming. Yeah, if you listen oh. to almost this Christmas. June, see you later, you're out. There's no point listening anymore. But we're listening. <laughs> people, we're, can re- people can reminisce about what they got for Christmas, though. Oh, they could, yeah, look back. Although, have you ever listened, yeah. you listened to the podcast? Like, uh, go on. Oh, next year, next year. Have you ever listened to something, you know, like a seasonal thing, and it's uh, you listen to it in like it's 30 degrees outside and you listen, you're watching like a Christmas episode of The Simpsons comes on? Yeah, it's, it feels strange, doesn't it? Immediately turn it off. So I want to be too heavy in it, but I do want to talk about Christmas gift ideas. Rachel, what are you what are you hoping for for Christmas? Uh, it, has to be co- it has to be coding related. Yeah, it has to be coding related. It has to be. Oh, so um, I want someone to get me the crack for Max um, because I don't have enough money to buy the license. <laughs> buy me the license for Max. That would be great. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tim, uh, what, 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 what are you hoping for? What am I hoping for for Christmas from a coding point of view? I'd love a mechanical keyboard just to help me really type. Oh, yeah, uh, Reddit, Reddit, um, look at the sub, the subreddit, everybody in the world now, uh, mechanical keyboards. Shout out okay. to them. Just It's just porn for mechanical keyboards. It's great. People obviously custom build their own mechanical keyboards and they have like di- different design ones and I can just look at them for hours. Absolutely beautiful pieces of machinery. Yeah. Daniel, what would you like for Christmas? 
Um, well, actually, I, I've actually bought a synthesizer for my. Oh. Yeah. Uh, what is that? Uh, the TDAM, I think it's called. Okay. Uh, TD3AM, I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to keep my voice down because she's in the locked down. Is, yeah, it's, it's, is she going to listen to this podcast? No, it's the 18th now, isn't it? I, I just won't give it to her. And, uh, but then the next week. Oh, the Bay Ringer, yeah, a... Ringer TD3AM. So it's, it's, it's kind of like an acid baseline machine. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it's, a very, it's just a very, like, it's an entry level. Synth, very nice. Yeah, I think it's a nice one. Um, I think you could be in trouble here. I think I think your uh, your uh, significant other, as Reddit would say, is probably going to listen to this before Christmas. Well, it's six days away. No way. Yeah. No way. No way. I just want I'm to gonna I... send it. I'm going to send it to. Her. <laughs> <laughs> I just we just won't edit it in time. Um, <laughs> all right. So, but listen, there are some. Um, there's some. I mean, we just we touched on this on an unaired episode. I don't know why we didn't air it, but um, mm. I did find the lost tapes coding for kids. Right. It was like this coding. Thing, forgotten the name of it now. Yeah, it's like a, it, it's kind of like a, an interactive book, I think, wasn't it? And you could have like there was chunks, that, like uh, elements that a child could play with really easily, and they could. Yeah, they were like plug-in, plug-in coding elements. Um, so you literally plug yeah. them in, and it like obviously read that piece of plastic and turned into a code on a screen. Um, I just think it's cool because we used to have you know those super dangerous chemistry sets when we were young. Yeah, uh, a few of my friends now have got PhDs in chemistry, so I wonder if there's a relation. I um I actually have been looking into this story that there's a, apparently there's a must-have item that um has been it, it it was given birth in China and it's making its way around the world through via Santa's sleigh, which is pajamas in the form of a suit. Mm. <laughs> COVID COVID uh, solutions, right? Exactly. So you're on Zoom all day long, but you still want to wear sweatpants, but you want to look smart. So this uh, pajama suit is like a turtleneck, like a roll neck top with a cardigan. And uh-huh. these kind of formal-looking sweatpants, and I'll be honest, I I think you'd fool anyone, and they look super comfy as well as people on the website. As people sleeping in them and being professional on Zoom. <laughs> Sounds great. One stop shop. Pajama suit. All right. Um, time's <laughs> taking on, so we're gonna we have to wrap up with uh, one curly bracket. Yes, my one curly bracket for this week is code by hand. Don't copy. Do follow other people's solutions, but don't copy paste. Just write the code yourself. Everybody who doesn't know what Tim's talking about, one curly bracket is a useful habit you can form, whether you're coding or UXing or anything. And uh, have you got any? Have you got any? Have you got a one curly bracket for us, Rachel, that you picked up since uh, graduating? Yeah, don't be scared to try new things and make mistakes. I don't know if that's like more of a general piece of advice or a coding piece of advice, but I think at the beginning I was terrified. Um, and a couple months on, I'm doing uh, working with programs I never thought I would. So, yeah, just terrify yourself on a daily basis, and it will pay off. One, nice. one thing every day that scares you, <laughs> and even even if that's an ear on your arm. And it uh, uh, it just completely made me lose my train of thought now. Um, the reading list, right? So you you recommended to our lovely listeners. I'm sure uh, waiting with bated breath because they just finished the book and they're waiting for us to explain it. You recommended uh, Sprint, right? Yes, I've uh, I've read about half of it myself, and it's really interesting. How to solve problems in five days. Um, yeah. I just finished we'll pick- it. Oh, cool! So we can pick that up next week. On the, next, on the next edition. Very narrative driven, I found. It's like a story about mm. events that actually happened, right? So like, yeah, 
you know. But we've got a we've got a, a methodologies expert coming on the next podcast, so uh, I'm sure she'll have a lot to say about it. Super useful book, though. If anyone's, um, it doesn't really matter what what discipline you're taking from um, Iron Hack. This is definitely going to fit you, help you somehow. I would I would really like to extend the reading list to one book of fiction and one book of uh, like knowledge learning kind of thing. Because I've also I'm about to embark on reading June, and I do want to talk to you about it. I'll put that. I will. I will um, consider your request and we'll discuss it but right now <laughs> i have a recommendation okay um i think it's a huge one actually a little story attached to it if you like uh, okay I'll, I'll, I'll listen the book is the personal mba so um you know the book no oh right well then have you heard of it rachel Okay, so the personal MBA, it's the Master of the Art of Business by Josh Kaufman. And it is literally, um, he has taken a lot, a, very, a lot of the book is really just about everything you would learn whilst you do an MBA, which is a Master of Business, right? And um, so before I did Iron Hack, or before I even knew I was going to do Iron Hack, I was just kind of sitting around in COVID, like many people maybe are now listening or were before they started their journey. And I thought, I'll do an MBA because I have a degree, and then if I can get this master's degree. And then, so I looked into it for a bit, and I kept coming across these. Um, why are you doing this MBA? Like, it, you, if you don't have a job waiting for you at the end, it may just be a very expensive way for you to waste a few years. Um, these just kind of things I was coming. There's obviously lots of positive things I found too, but I kept coming across this. So a friend of mine recommended the personal MBA, and the book is absolutely fantastic because, um, okay, so it's nothing to do with coding or UX or data, but what it is is loads of exp- uh, advice on how to structure your day, habits to form, um, because this is what um, higher education teaches you, right? How to manage your time well, how to, you know, you don't have to sit in a class anymore. It's go finish this this piece of research on your own. And that is a big part of it. And the book really helped me. A lot of the habits I formed from reading the book, I took over into my iron hack and now subsequent tech journey. Um, and I formed a lot of good habits from it. And I think it's just one of those must reads for lots of people. Uh, if you can ignore any kind of propaganda for or against MBAs as a, in, as an institution, as a concept, and just listen to what it's actually teaching you, like how it, how it, um, tells you, explains to you like what a business is and profit and loss and all this, all of this stuff that may or may not interest you, but it teaches you some very, very valuable, um, lessons about how you should, how you should approach problems, how you should structure your day. And I think that that's kind of invaluable for coders. And you Awesome. What a, what an endorsement. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love it. Great book. Great book. Really one of those books that stood out for me this year. And, um, as a result, I came to Ironhack. So here we are. Here we are. And here we are saying goodbye. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us on today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's been very, very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to look into everything you recommended, and I might even start my own little uh, dabbling in AI music. Yeah, message me if you have any questions. I'd be excited to help. <laughs> sure, I see you at practice, right? Um, dogs, yeah. with over, over, too, right. dogs with too much saran wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Bye human faces. Bye-bye, <laughs> boys and girls. Stay safe. Ciao.